Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Send Nutrition Podcast with your host Brian and Peter today. And today's topic is reasons to avoid adding iron to your horse's diet. How are you, Peter? Brian, very well. Uh, it's a bit overcast today. The, the gin and tonic are in the fridge, so this afternoon's going to be great, even better. We've got a big day because it was our human collagen release today. Yeah, yeah, we've got a few sales already and um, a bit of feedback as well. So the everyone's that's... Um, that has tried it has has had really really good results as well. So we're very, very proud, and um and, and hopefully you know the the word will spread, and and we will do a, a podcast on a collagen as well. Yeah, that'll be fantastic. And going on a totally different wavelength here, we're talking about iron and your horse's diet, and this is very controversial. It's controversial in a way that Peter and I see this in the industry. Even eight years ago, nine years ago, it was rife that. Horse trainers especially were supplementing iron on top of their already heavy iron diets. And what we have done in those eight, nine years at Sen is trying to decrease the level of iron in every horse's diet with great results. And what we'll go through today is why are we doing this? How much iron is naturally occurring in a horse's diet? look at the signs and symptoms, but also look at what damage is happening inside your horse if you are exposing them to high levels of iron each day and what potentially could go wrong in that sense. And is it affecting performance? Yes. Brian, over the sort of eight, nine years that we've obviously had the business, I don't think we've come across one horse that's actually been anemic. Yeah, well, being a scientist, I have seen on the human side what anemia or an anemic profile looks in blood. I've looked at hundreds of horse, if not thousands of horse blood tests and very, very, very rarely do you have a profile of a true anemia or blood loss. So based on that fact, then, you know, why are people adding extra iron supplements, whether, you know, it's an injectable or whether, you know, whether it's a powdered iron, it's, I think a lot of people don't know, obviously that iron is, is very easy to get and it's sort of rife in, in, in haze and pastures around Australia. So maybe it will open up a few a few sort of, um, you know, a few minds and a few eyes to, to our listeners that it's very easy to get your recommended daily iron intake from, from you know, pretty much basic nutrition. And if you are supplementing iron on top of that, as, as Brian mentioned, you are hindering performance and, and, and obviously possibly the, you know, the health of your horse as well. Yeah, 100% agree, Peter. So what is the actual daily intake recommended for a horse for iron? So the NRC, the National Research Council, has established a range around 400 to 500 milligrams per 500 kg body weight of horse per day. So a horse can get this from forage alone. Well, Brian... Look, we've seen probably hundreds, if not if not sort of thousands, of, of different hay tests, sort of pasture analysis, and I've seen them as high as 2,000 milligrams per kilo to as low as 100 milligrams per kilo. So as an example, let's just say the, you know, the kilo of roast grass hay has 200 milligrams of iron. So from what you're saying, if they eat two kilos to three kilos of roast grass hay at 200 milligrams of iron, they're going to hit their daily requirement. Easily, without any further supplementation. And that's including that hard feed. It's it's quite scary. So l- even looking at a lactating mare, 625 milligrams per day, you're easily going to hit that. Well, my sources are eating, you know, three to four, possibly five biscuits of hay. And if we, you know, if we do it into a kilo, right, you know, one biscuit, say two kilo, four or five biscuits, eight to nine kilos. I mean, they'll be getting in excess of a thousand milligrams quite easily. And that's at the lower end of the, of the hay analysis at the 200 milligrams. Yeah. And... What we want to 
touch on today is what has Sen done to improve that hard feed profile so we're not over-supplementing iron in the diet. So we've established that your roughage or your pasture or hay has enough iron to cover its needs per day. So what our main aim now is to not supplement anything more. And one of the main reasons for this is a horse cannot effectively excrete iron from their body. So there's no actual mechanism if they're supplied high levels of iron to get rid of it. And once in circulation, it is removed by the liver and spleen and is stored throughout the body of the horse. And and later on in the podcast, we'll go through the effect of this storage. So looking at the profiles of our hard feed, Peter, the Sen Grain Free and the Sen CA50 have no added iron. And our listeners, if you are feeding a supplement or a hard feed, be sure to check these levels per kg if you want to lower that iron level. And Peter will go through the exact values compared to other common feed types. Yeah, so that's where I said, Brian. So basically we don't add any added iron into our feed. So whatever iron we have comes naturally from the raw ingredients. And, and that's basically the best absorbable iron that you can get, which comes from natural ingredients. As a comparison, uh, you know, we average in the lupin pellet around about 150 uh, milligrams of iron. The grain free is about 125. So they're very, very sort of, you know, on the lower end. Compared to that beet pulp, which is very popular in Australia, you're looking at 752 milligrams of iron per one kilogram of feed. And people might think, oh, look, I'm only using a handful as a carrier for a, for a powder. You don't need the 752 milligrams of iron. So there are other options out there which you can use as the, as the carrier. You know, if you are unlucky to be in, a, in an area of Australia where you might have the 1,000 milligrams of iron in your pasture or your 1,500 or 2,000 milligrams, you know, you're way over. So that's, you know, feeding beet pulp on top of a high iron pasture, you're just asking for trouble. Um, what are we, you know, copra is about 220 milligrams, so it's, it's not too bad. The rice bran about 75 and the, you know, the soya hulls as well, they're almost at 700 milligrams. So very high compared to ours. It's almost, you know, six to seven times higher iron to what, to what we have in our, in our pallet of products. So I think the moral of the story is please look at the levels of your overall diet. So if you have got a pasture analysis, um, you know, even better. If you don't, just please assume, you know, you've got at least 200. I've, I've never seen a pasture or a hay analysis below sort of 200. So if you if you work off 200, you know they're eating X amount of kilos per day, whether it's hay or pasture, and then try to balance out probably a product that's high in zinc and copper to, to help with the excretion. And, and, you know, Brian will go over that shortly as well. Yeah, that's really good points, Peter, especially those trace minerals. The zinc and copper, they really compete for that absorption and utilisation in the horse and they're used for many pathways in the horse and if you overdo the iron so you've got less absorption of those trace minerals you're not going to promote that overall health in many of their body systems so if you do suspect iron overload in your horse there are some common signs that might point you to this so you've got obviously and this is really general so poor coat condition hoof problems raised liver enzymes intolerance to sugars also Cushing's disease or allergies and immune issues. And this, I think half of these stem from that inability of the other trace minerals to get a chance of absorption in the horse. Brent, and I think there's also a difference between the added iron, which obviously is not natural to the product as well. Do you just want to go briefly and explain the difference between the iron and the raw ingredients and when iron is added in terms of a you know supplement iron as well into the feed or a supplement? Yeah, in a nutshell, it's just not natural. So it's not naturally occurring in that feed, whether it is synthetic or a natural iron form. 
you're still adding another source on top which can put the horse at risk of iron overload. And that's where I think the zinc and copper obviously is really important to have in the, in the overall diet. That's, you know, we want higher zinc and copper than what we do to wine. Yeah, is that correct? Yeah, and a very good quality one like what is in SEN, so chelated, attached to a protein that means, and that's better absorption. Brian, should we start going with some of the points just to give our listeners an idea of what of what reasons um, and sort of points they they can take take on board to avoid having a horse that might be overdosing on iron or, or to avoid even happening altogether? Yeah, so the points that we really want to stress is, and for the title of this podcast, the reasons why you want to minimise further iron supplementation are potentially these conditions that can arise. So unfortunately, when iron is in the body of a horse or in excess, iron acts as an oxidant. So this increases oxidative stress and inflammation in the body. So when you look as at iron, it's a pro-oxidant which produces free radicals, which in turn can potentially cause tissue damage and inflammation. So to counteract this, vitamin E and vitamin C, these antioxidants are very good in the diet to help counteract these effects of the high iron. But what we are trying to do at Sen is promote that lower level of ingestion. So then these other antioxidants can be used in recovery rather than trying to combat the iron that's circulating. Well, we have got very high copper and, and zinc in both the CF50 and the grain-free product, and they are in, a, in an organic form as well. We do have vitamin E at a pretty high level, and also we got vitamin C as well. So we do tick those four boxes, which obviously help with the, with the excretion, obviously, and the, you know, any absorption of iron and, and minimise, the obviously, you know, the overload or, or the storage as well. Yeah, you would say that we have developed all our nutrient profiles around our conditions in Australia – being high in iron so we've recognized this i think peter when we when we first entered this industry no one was recognizing this or it was very seldomly put in pockets so there were nutritionists that knew it but there weren't products that were out there available i, I think in the early days we you know we, i think we got hit over the head sort of pretty hard with different sort of performance trainers about having low iron in our in our feed and look a lot of them were and possibly could still be sort of supplementing iron, whether it's you know in an injectable form or whether it's in a in a powdered supplement on top. And sometimes those you know those habits don't change. But you know the research is showing, and it's it's very clear research that it's very easy to hit the iron level, even for performance horses through your pasture. So, like, why in the world would you want to be supplementing iron on top of your pasture when you can easily hit it? You know, with one or two biscuits of hay. It's it's to me, it's mind boggling. Yeah, it's one of those old adages that. They think it's a performance boost. I'm not sure why, because when you have sufficient amounts of blood in circulation, the horse also contracts its spleen to push more blood into circulation. So that's like their natural blood boost that's happening inside. And putting iron or thinking iron is going to build more blood when a horse is capable of doing it at the times of stress is just crazy. And we're trying to bring this into exposure or into light. And, and many trainers are beginning to notice this, that you do not need to inject, especially those injectables with all these iron complexes. It's just wasting money, but also it could be slowing your horse down or hindering their performance because when it is deposited around the body, as we touched on before, those free radicals, you need to combat the damage it's, it's having on there, as well as the other negative trace mineral interactions. Well, as the saying goes, you know, there can be too much of a good thing. And as you said, too much iron does hinder performance. And yourself and, and, and obviously myself have worked with numerous trainers. And you know, as an example, any that have been supplementing additional iron, all we've done is we just said, look, 
based on your pasture, based on, on your feed, based on a supplemental line, let's just cut the iron altogether. Let's get some zinc and copper in through the grain-free of the CF50. And funny enough, the performance has improved because what we've done is we've taken the iron handbrake off that horse and it's not like a well where you keep you know, putting water in and it just you know gets higher and higher and higher and then you get faster and faster and faster. As Brian said, it doesn't work that way. You hit a limit and then that's the limit. And once you go over that limit, it's you know it affects performance it, it could get dangerous so by getting the zinc and copper in and you know balancing out that, that iron you will actually improve performance because you're not you know you're not redlining the iron where you should have it pretty much at the top not over the top yeah that's well said peter it's that overall health we're trying to promote through lowering that overall iron intake when we have to feed the hard feed for its overall nutrient support of that performance horse so looking at other potential issues that can arise from overexposure to iron insulin resistance has although it's not been clear the mechanism high levels of iron have been linked to equine metabolic syndrome and more research needs to be looked into this but there has been correlations seen in other animals including humans so as as years go on in the progression let's see if that iron level has that impact on that syndrome but also other conditions such as laminitis. So elevated iron intake may cause laminitis and other hoof problems. And this could be related to that insulin resistance, but also that poor absorption of other minerals, which are really important to hoof health. So it's one body system that relies on, that heavily relies on trace minerals. And by overdoing the iron, you're shortcutting the absorption of those vital minerals. Yeah, that's well summarised, Brian. And as the example I gave previously, so if we, you know, work off, say, five kilograms of, of dry matter, um, you know, provides a thousand, you know, milligrams of iron, we're already at double. And then, you know, even if you give a kilogram of your beet pulp, that's a 750. We're way over. It's just with, with that alone. And then some people are feeding three or, you know, three or four different hard feeds. Imagine then supplementing a iron supplement on top of those two things. I mean, you'll be, you'll be 10, 20 times, you know, over where you need to be. And, you know, we sort of laugh at it, but it's not really a laughing matter, no, is it? It's it's not. And when you look at the effect it can have inside the horse's body due to them unable to excrete it, you just want to try and know with the iron profile of your diet and then make adjustments where you can. Because another interesting thing is when we have researched this topic over the years, Peter, is you can't actually measure iron in Australia in a blood test. That's well said, Brian. And people think that you can, but the only there's only one university in America, the Kansas State University, which can actually measure the iron. Is it in the ferritin or is it in the cells? Yeah, so the ferritin is the storage form, but looking at the assay they use to test it in Australia, it's not to the profile of iron within the horse's body. So in a nutshell, it's not accurate. It's, we- an, it's an indication of the level. And but I think it's, it's actually not accurate. And I think you, you've pinged a vet there where I think one of our performance trainers, I think we, we got sent a nine level and it, I can't remember whether it was high or low, but I think Brian looked into it and said, well, in Australia, we can't actually test it. No. And the, the result was actually not meaningful because they look at other parameters to try and see if there's any low iron and that includes the haemoglobin and that was normal. So there was no correlation the lab that I did talk to that was in Sydney, they said, yeah, we don't base this off an iron deficiency due to diet. It, it's, there's no correlation. But but as Peter and I see, a lot of the blood interpretations are trying to be related to nutrient 
profiles where you cannot simply have it that simple. There's many factors that go on when you look at a blood test and looking at profiles and symptom pictures and it's not just one test saying, oh, you've got low intake of one thing here. All the horses are different and there's many reasons it could be. It's pretty scary. I'm just thinking about it. Like if there's no test in Australia to test high iron, it's pretty much like we're flying blind, yeah? Yeah, we are. And that makes it even more important that we look at our horses' diets, look at the iron levels that they're ingesting and try and get them as low as possible. On the, on the high side, Brian, if it's sort of you know, 10, 20 sort of times above where it needs to be, iron can be very corrosive. And signs may include gastric irritation, gastric pain, um, gastric ulceration, as well as damage to the small and, and large intestinal lining. Um, other signs associated with iron toxicity include diarrhoea, dehydration, depression and reduced immunity. Um, there's also an increased risk of bacterial infections as the bacteria use iron as an energy source. Um, you know, like that's in a very severe sort of circumstances, but we need to be aware that it's very easy to hit those iron levels. And if you just keep doing it day over day and then add more and more, you know, as the horse gets older, as well, over time, you could run into some issues. Yeah, it's the riskier way to feed. We're not saying it's going to develop these issues in a year, five years, but. What we do know is what is happening inside the horse's body and that potential risk that that may cause. So, Brian, to our performance horse trainers, can you maybe briefly just explain why iron does not boost red blood cell numbers? Yeah, so what you need to do to provide the nutrients for red blood cell synthesis is not just iron. There's many other trace minerals, there's many other elements that make that red blood cell. And when a horse already has sufficient amounts of iron to make the blood... It's not that extra iron supplement that's going to make it. It's actually going to be more detrimental to the horse. What you want to do is promote better training, a more even nutrient profile, but also the horse in very good health will make its own blood in a sufficient manner when everybody's system is in its best condition. Yeah, it's like you know, not training your horse, you know, feeding it a really poor diet and then supplementing iron and thinking that it's going to perform really well. Yeah, correct performance or training will stimulate that blood cell synthesis or it, the horse will make the blood in response to the good proper training but also the good nutrient intake without that iron overload. Brian also iron interferes with the absorption of other minerals. Um, supplemental iron can decrease zinc and copper uptake from the diet and over time it can lead to a deficiency um, with some major health problems. So zinc and copper are very low in Australian pastures. As we said, iron is very high. With hay, obviously, once it's been dried out, the you know the zinc and copper can be even, even less than what it is in the pasture. So this is why we've taken the initiative at the early stages of our business to really, really go high in the zinc and copper. And I believe we've got the highest zinc and copper in our pellets to 20 feet in Australia. Yeah, our hard feed per kg, when you put it comparatively with the other... Com- so-called complete feeds we do have high levels they are chelated so they are the better organic type so what peter and i see throughout our trainer clients and all our clients for that matter is we have that really good trace mineral profile and that reflects in that overall health of the horse. Well, look, if we scare our listeners and you, you know, you're onto your second bottle of Chardonnay or, or a champagne and you're going, geez, this sounds like, you know, my horse, even if it's not our product, um, you know, look at adding a high zinc, a high copper, obviously with vitamin E and vitamin C supplement into the diet just to correct the balance that, that the high iron is causing. So people, I don't think people in Australia, maybe more so here than, than maybe overseas, they don't, they don't put as much emphasis 
on the vitamin mineral profile slash supplements. It's like, well, we'll feed it the hard feed. Everything should be in the hard feed, but everything's not in the hard feed. And unless you're feeding the recommended amount of that hard feed, which might be three, four, five, six kilograms, which some people are feeding, and if that feed's got 500 milligrams of iron at five or six kilograms, you, you know, you're almost sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul because you're trying to give a feed that's got high zinc and copper, but then if the iron is two or three times higher, you're making a problem even worse. Yeah, 100%, Peter. Touching back on the copper and zinc, they're really important for coat colour. The zinc more so for the darker ones. The copper is more important for the chestnuts. And that really is one of the first indications that you may have issues with iron intake. But generally, when you when you look at a horse and they're dull, there could be a range of factors going on there and iron could just be one. Also, Brian, with the zinc you mentioned, very important. Also for immunity health, obviously, with you know with all the COVID that's been around, like we've been taking zinc supplements here and vitamin D, like it's going out of fashion and, you know, we've sort of survived very well. Um, so it's it's the same for your horse. You know, don't don't go shortchanging on the zinc. You know, don't just use the zinc oxide. Use an organic form um, like the one that we do because we know it's it's five or six times more expensive, but it actually works. So one, th- like in my opinion, one you know one mineral you don't want to shortchange is is probably zinc and copper. Yeah, we hundred percent echo that throughout all animal health and human health, and it's just nice that it's being recognised in this current climate that it will help everyone's immune system and just ensuring it in your diet it's just going to help provide the the pathways for the immune system to function properly yeah and look if people are still confused i think it's very wise maybe you look at our um, free diet analysis obviously carly's fantastic she's um she's all over it has done you know thousands of, of sort of diet analysis for us so beautiful thing with carly is she can look at your whole diet she can go through each individual um aspect of the diet from your pasture to your hay to your hard feed what else you might be feeding and just balance up not just that iron but also the correct zinc and copper you might have you know too much um too much sugar and starch in a diet you might be feeding something that's causing symptoms you know you might have too much protein which which basically is making your horse urinate and the urine might be getting ioli color which you know might be verging on on some sort of kidney issues which then obviously goes into dehydration so it can be like a you know like a web that that's just it's very hard to to untangle but horses will show you symptoms when things are not right so rather than just reaching out then for the supplement you know for the supplement to treat that symptom cut it right back and just go all right let's just do a complete reset let's look at the diet let's see if it's balanced and more times than not when you balance your diet all those symptoms are you know should should in time obviously go away and you you know you won't need to feed all the supplements then and you know it might be costing us business but we're not in the business of of just you know making supplements to to you know to treat symptoms we're you know we're here to sell a complete diet some people obviously you know can't feed the whole diet whether it's products they can't get or or they choose not to then obviously the supplements you know, are for that reason, just to obviously maintain the health of that horse to some degree. But um, but I can't stress more about getting your diet balanced and looked at. And, and look, look, I think it's a great time, obviously, coming into the winter time, not too, you know, not too long as well. Yeah, and that whole feed program that the Sen way of feeding is there for the horse, there's a reason why we feed each element. Each body system requires good nutrition profiles that we have seen that really is adapted to the Australian conditions. And when we do get phone calls of a customer wanting to lower their iron content because they've done all their research in the diet, they may just use one send product like the send loop and pellet in place of the beet that they were feeding. And then oh, it's been countless times 
a month later, we get the same phone call from the from the customer and they said, the horse has gone to another level. I can really see that impact of having a lower iron level when I know I was feeding too much iron before. Yeah, you know, they've corrected that, that handbrake, obviously, that was causing that particular symptom. And look, some of these horses might have one handbrake, others might have 10 handbrakes. So it, it really depends on horses and individuals, as we always say. So I think balancing the diet, you've got more chance of, of you know, getting those handbrakes off um, you know, a lot more sooner than, than if you just sort of play with this or with that. And, you know, there's nothing worse than guessing or spending, you know, six hours on Google, you know, trying to get different opinions from different people where I think if you get someone like Carly, obviously she's a qualified nutritionist to analyze your diet, you're not, you know, you're not flying blind. You, you, you know, you're going to be put on the right track and, you know, at least you know that you've done everything for that, for that particular horse. And most, you know, most times I'm not, the budget's going to be a lot better than if you're feeding three or four different hard feeds and three or four different supplements. Yeah, 100%. Peter, I'll put the link to that diet analysis in the show notes and I think we've covered it all. I thought this was going to go for ages. Well, look, hopefully people haven't sort of, you know, been scared. And look, I'll, I'll give sort of like a prime example in terms of human health. It's like us, you know, eating like junk food, KFC, you know, pizza every day and then taking a multivitamin and, um, and you know, washing it down with, uh, you know, Diet Coke you know you got to get your found you know you got to get your foundation right there's nothing wrong with the junk food and, and coke on a saturday and sunday but that's two days out of the seven on the five days we you know we'd be really good and then on the two days we can blow out the difference is with your horse you know obviously they got to eat every single day the trick with feeders we can't afford to feed a high diet you know high in high in iron whether it's high in carbohydrates as well we have to try to limit that and with young horses you might go well I've you know my horse is fine I've been feeding this for four or five years and you know it's bulletproof but then you get to one year where all that um you know all that time that it's had to accumulate comes to fruition and then you get these big symptoms and you know it's going to cost you a lot more than to treat that symptom when it's got to the end stage where actually you could have prevented that over the years by feeding uh you know a balanced diet just like a human teenager, absolutely bulletproof. We were at one stage, weren't we, Brian? <laughs> now we have to really look at what we, we eat. Or and drink. Exercise, yeah, and, and drink. And, and speaking of that, I think we will wrap that up. Yeah, know? Brian, it's um, – now this has been really, really um, enlightening podcast. We've done a lot of research into it, and um, it's good because it's – I think it's overdue. All right, Brian, I think that wraps it for, for today. Anything else you'd like to add? No, I think everyone can reach us on those usual channels. The Send Users Group is, is really informative and – and it's really nice to see everyone's success on Sen and they get a chance to show it off. And also tagging us on Instagram, you get that 15 seconds of fame to our many thousand fans and you can really get that exposure as well and, and show other people your Sen success. So, And, and as we mentioned, we, we have launched the, the Sen Collagen today. And look, just to you know give people just a, a quick update. Um, a lot of us are deficient in collagen because we're not eating from nose to tail like we used to, you know, 50, 100 years ago. We we don't have the tripes, you know, we don't have the, you know, the chicken skins. We don't have all those, you know, all those um, organ meats that, that taste foul. So we do stop producing collagen at a 1% rate for, I think it's over 20 or, or yep, 25. 20, so yeah. um, it's, it's odorless, it's tasteless. You can mix it with your tea and coffee and, um, you know, highly, you know, recommend that um, – that our horse clients even look at it for themselves as well. Yeah, it's for the rider, for the trainer and, and for you. So yeah. so after you've got your horse's diet right, you can have a look at your, your own one. And, and this is where we're having that great crossover where we know the theory or we know the nutrient profiles of deficiency in humans. We want to try and stay the most natural way 
possible in our diet and with the ease of convenience because it is a minefield out there with the range and yeah we're, we're here to really help everyone the horse and the owner one-stop shop right well, I think we're, we're doing something right being here nine years later. Yeah, yeah. And we are looking younger, than, you know, thanks to the collagen as well. I mean, like my wrinkles haven't, haven't shown yet, so I'll, um, I'll keep taking four kilograms a day and, and hope it continues to work. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very good product. And, yeah, you'll, you'll be hearing more, more about it in coming podcasts. So thanks, everyone, for listening again. And, yeah, Peter and I will have another podcast to you very soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you.